Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, listeners. I'm Carolina. And I'm Tessa. And together we are FemRegard Podcast. Mmm. Fem. We are a show dedicated to educating and entertaining underdeveloped filmmakers and film enthusiasts alike. We love sharing our experiences as filmmakers, what we've learned and what we've gone through. And we love bringing on professional industry guests. We want our listeners to learn from the best and get an honest account of the biz. So come join the FemFam and give us a listen every Friday. Streaming on all the major podcast platforms, including YouTube and our website, femregard.com. And of course, the Geekscape Network. Hi, Al here. Sorry to interrupt like this, but I just wanted to let you know that um, I'll be taking over this channel for a while. Nothing to worry about. I've got my pirate satellite broadcasting system working here, and uh, everything seems to be under control. So for the next couple hours, I'll be bringing you up to date on all the latest breaking news and interview some of my close personal friends in the music biz, and uh, I'll even world premiere my brand new video. But most of all, I'll be playing all the stuff that I want to watch. So sit down, shut up, and hang on to your seats, because this is LTV! Matt, we're we're back with another LTV episode. This is going to be a weird one to talk about because I actually think that the old 80s commercials that we were forced to watch left me with a lot more thoughts than some of the humor in this one. There is there is a runner throughout this episode that is really not aged well in the slightest. There's some tough stuff. I also will say I'm glad that this happened later after following enough al tvs where the fact that this one kept all the commercials in but i'm still on my toes at all times because i never can tell if it's al's doing a joke commercial or it's an actual (laughs) product of the 80s and with these commercials in many cases it was impossible to tell until until the footlocker logo appeared and i was like okay i guess that's a real commercial i i was just googling phone numbers to find out but uh keeping with our tradition of making sure that our Al TV episodes, which are essentially just the earliest, one of the earliest forms of absurd sketch comedy on television uh, is being discussed by someone who actually knows their shit in the world yes. of sketch comedy. We are joined by one of the hosts of, well, I guess he is the host uh, of 91 Donkey Lane and the Adam Sandler Please Stop podcast, Robert Bacon. Yay. Hi. Hey, Hi. let me ask you this, Bacon, because you because you're you're on a couple podcasts like I am. Do you ever yeah. feel weird when you get the title of host, but like the other people are co-hosts? When you're like, we're all in this together. Yeah, that was weird <laughs> uh, when you like first start doing podcasts, especially if you do like improv, because improv's all about like the we, and you're like yeah. the team, you know. So yeah. then. Figuring that out and getting it wrong for a lot and saying things and figuring out podcasts as we were doing them, it's been it's been real great. Also, want to say, uh, long time listener, first time uh, on here. 
Thank yes. you. There you go. No, so and just following excited. the rules of improv, we can all like you're the host, and you can be like yes. And, and these people also are on the show. Are the host. Everyone's a host. Right? See, I've you heard call in. Improv. I know You're how host. Works. Yeah. <laughs> this, Welcome so to this Just epi- Hosts. <laughs> this episode will be really interesting because, Bacon, this is your first uh, Al TV. Um, yeah. Obviously, this is our fifth one. And, uh, Matt, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but this felt like the most callbacky. LTV of of the five so far. I think it might have been. Uh, there's definitely. I mean, you know, it's he's he's doing callbacks while also clearly fine tuning a a recipe for how he likes to do these. Right. He's got these runners that now again. It's funny because we have we've said this before on this, but it's like we are seeing runners. And we're seeing callback references, but also I have to keep reminding myself that at the time these were made, <laughs> there was no world, I don't think, where Al thought anybody was revisiting any of this. Oh, yeah. You know this what I mean? Like, he made it, the- and it aired, and then that was it. It was over. Yeah. The previous Al TV aired two years ago. Yeah. yeah. The fact <laughs> and, that we can and- rewatch this stuff at all is a miracle. <laughs> it's amazing that it exists. And I'm sure for his perspective, it was twofold, right? It's either one thing, either people are watching all of these and getting running gags, which is great. And if they're not, and they're only catching it the one time, then a joke is a joke and it still works. Yeah. And I don't care. Like, let's just let these jokes land because he knows that they work. Yeah, like that's insane. Like, so ever all five episodes, they kick off with Al's running a pirate radio station type thing, and he always does the same very calm saying of "so just sit down and shut up and enjoy some Al TV." And then it's always the same like shitty first day of MTV recreation that they've done with like paper toys and him creating all the sounds and yeah and all that. Like that that has been, and I don't think that ever goes away. I think like by the final Al TV, he still that is the gimmick of Al TV. I think that's right. I also was going to like one more very out the gate note is this episode basically starts with Bobcat Goldthwait again. Yes. yes. After multiple Bobcats so, in the previous yeah, episode. In the last one, Bob is there a bunch and doing multiple bits. This time it is. I'm going to guess. This is just footage that they didn't use from the previous one. <laughs> and they're like, well, we got one more clip with Bob. We got to get it in here. And thank God they did, because what a treat. Anytime I get to see that, that's always great. I love well, the, Bobcat. I love it him is, so much. That's He's my so first good. note. I just wrote, I didn't even write anything about him. I just wrote Bobcat exclamation yep. mark. <laughs> I wrote Bob Goldthwaite, yes. 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 Like, good. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny because Bobcat Goldthwaite is a person who I adore in pretty much everything except his comedy, which is supposed to be his main uh, skill set. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. I think he's a, a better time. director, right? Yeah. Like we all say, Bobcat best as a director. You think? Best. Oh, absolutely. I, I think that's fair. I mean, I do like, and you know, I I think I said this on the last LTV as well, but it bears repeating. It, it makes total sense to me. I didn't know that those two were friends, but of course they were, because both of them were yeah. doing this very oddball left field form of comedy, especially for the time that it was being made. And yeah, Bob's stand up style is not always my favorite vibe. Uh, just in terms of how I like my stand-up comedy, but he is such a unique voice uh, in a mm. way that reminds me of Al. Like, I'm not surprised that those two hit it off as well as they seemingly did, because yeah, both of them just doing something that nobody had ever <laughs> really done before or even wanted. To be <laughs> honest, <laughs> uh, I, I I love his unique voice as yes. well, and I will say so as somebody who's coming into this cold, 
Yeah. Not knowing anything, not knowing about the multiple ones. Uh, and I don't know any, what's the reoccurring bit and what sure, is yeah, it? Sure, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's perfect. Uh, but I, bet you, I love that. I bet you some of it, like, I don't want to jump too far ahead, uh-huh. but like Harvey the Wonder Hamster, like, that's obviously a, a, a through. Yes. Obviously. It's a through, but it's it's a through that shockingly, and, I, and I'm jumping down a couple notes. First of all, Harvey didn't show up until I think the third LTV. He Took was not in the while. very, oh. yeah, he was in the first LTV. But it's also one of those things where I was thinking about this, watching this episode, that I cannot believe how long it took for him to actually record this Harvey the Wonder Hamster song that he sings in every one of these episodes because it doesn't show up on an album until 1993. So, like, it's almost 10 years he's been singing this song on a yearly basis. Yeah, he's playing a real slow hand with Harvey. Yeah, he's sitting on gold. (laughs) He just got it. He's like, he's cranking out so many hits that he doesn't realize that he's got like the Hope Diamond behind him. Totally. Harvey the Wonder Hamster. And yeah, I don't want to jump too far ahead because we got to talk about a a lot of commercials mostly. Yeah, there's some commercials (laughs) going up. The last thing I want to put out there, and we get two examples of this, uh, but I would say another running theme and I, I feel like we've talked about this on even non-LTV-based episodes, but the the horrible food combinations that this man has put in his mouth for our enjoyment uh, is, is just pure chaos. And this one kicks off with a cheese whiz, jelly beans, and horseradish on a sesame seed bun sandwich yeah. that he takes down. And like... Oh, sesame sometimes, seed bun, gross. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes he'll really go into it on that sandwich, but I feel like the very first bite, if you look at his face, he is fully aware he has made a terrible mistake. Well, I mean, on this if, he, one. if he was using actual horseradish, that is borderline poison. <laughs> like, that is, yeah. how, like, that's almost like putting bleach in your mouth. Like, you are going Ugh. to have a visceral reaction to that. Ugh. At least that would certainly, I think, cancel out most of the jelly beans. <laughs> the, the oh, almost attack. We'll talk about get. we get another crazy food combo later in the episode, but here we yeah. are. The reason we're all here, the commercials. Uh the first commercial <laughs> I'm pretty sure is a fake one. It's the Levi's. It's the Levi's no. 501s yes. with but an accordion commercial which feels it I feels like it's know, straight guys. out of it I think you should leave with Tim Robinson sketch. Yes. <laughs> So also a little bit of context. <laughs> yeah. uh, I watched this. I, I've been traveling a lot for work and uh, I, you know, I had, a, I, I wanted to watch this and I got stranded at the airport for eight hours. Oof. So I watched this at a busy airport at Newark airport. Uh, and Ooh, that eight hours Levi's, at Newark airport. That is thoughts oh, and prayers, man. That is yeah, tough. Yeah. Well, Oof. I've, I've seen, I've stared the devil in the eyes. <laughs> 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 what I'll say about New York Airport. Good Lord, I couldn't get out of there. Oh, it was hell. Uh, but let's not talk about that. Let's talk no. about how this commercial started, and I was in a busy airport, and I was like, oh, no, I don't know if I can watch this. <laughs> so it was like, somebody's going to think I'm watching really old porn. Yeah. Oh, yeah, big time, big time. No, I, I, legitimately, all joking aside, I could not figure out if this was a real commercial. Because yes. it, it started I, with the accordion. I was like, okay, this has to be fake. But then it ended so just matter-of-factly with the leave. I was like, I don't know. I really just don't know. The only thing I can think of is if this was a legitimate Levi commercial that Al just reshot a stairwell scene to like insert in there as a joke. It's entirely possible. But yes, all of the other commercials, there are multiple commercials I think were fake until I did some Googling. Specifically, the first one, 
that I was like baffled by was Rock Rock Talk Newswire phone line. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, can we please call this number? 1-900-660-1300. The can number we call this? 900 numbers. Well, 1300 yeah. is if we want to hear about the Go-Go's, right? And then it was 1200 oh. was to hear about how Aerosmith recorded Permanent Vacation. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then 1300 was where you could get all the hot gossip on the Newswire. <laughs> Like, okay, ooh. wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, because this is really important. Is the, Do we know if this is real? I, I, I mean, Google, obviously I, not now, but at the time, this was a real thing? This was a real thing. This I did a, a thing. lot of searching. There are a ton of advertisements for, over multiple months, the number, the, like, what 1100 and 1200 would give you. Rock talk. And then, of course, also, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but there was the freak phone. The freak. Well, oh, no, we got a freak phone. The freak phone is something completely. I yeah. we I, we got to wait. Okay, for the we're freak gonna hold off. We're gonna put because, hang on, hang on. I'm because I have way too much information on the freak okay, phone. Okay, I'm so from glad you do because I have nothing other than I wrote down. I'm like the freak phone and the creep phone, which have very <laughs> similar numbers. They're they're the same thing. Okay, uh, that so. that I can that that spoiler alert I can give you. We can't jump uh, too only... far ahead because no, no, right I'm sorry, after I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but right these... after Rock Talk, we have to remember that there was a time in which Kawasaki had television commercials. Could you imagine in the year now that you would turn on the TV and see like a Wave Runner commercial or like any kind of personal watercraft commercial on totally. normal television? Normal what television. was going on? Followed immediately by one of the strangest Taco Bell ads I've ever seen. Oh, that's a, a great, great Taco yeah, Bell ad. Great Taco Bell ad. I also liked the Kawasaki jet ski commercial. It even had a disclaimer at the bottom of like, please ride safely. Like as if it was a medicine of some kind. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, because they also show them riding them erratically yes. and improperly. Yes. That's not okay, guys. If you're going to have There's one thing bacon takes very seriously around here. Please <laughs> don't joke around on your jet skis. No, jet, ski, jet skis are serious. <laughs> yeah, I'm, my aunt and uncle own a boat rental. It, people See, get hurt. Okay, people screw around. <laughs> That's it. People get hurt. Got to stay a hundred feet away from the dock. Okay, <laughs> these things don't have brakes. This you is guys. Good. They don't have brakes. You're right. It's See, a this boat. Is good. It's a boat. all right. <laughs> Starboard is on your right. Port yeah. is on your left. <laughs> <laughs> so we we get back to Al TV and we get one of two of these delightful edit-it-together Al interviews. Mm. Uh, the first one was Sting. Matt, let me ask you a quick question. Yeah. Did you catch a central theme on who he interviewed in this episode? Yes. Well, he well, he interviews two people who uh, are big elements of the album he is promoting. <laughs> yes, at he that does. Moment. He also throws in, there's a bunch, we're going to get to them as they go, but he, he definitely is specifically referencing people who he has parodied on his record and stuff. But yes, we have Sting, who... Uh, he does a police style parody on this record. So, yep, Velvet um, Elvis. Velvet Elvis. And then he later on, spoilers, talks to George Harrison, who he parodies yeah. directly. Mm. Um, yeah. The nose bit shouldn't work as much as it actually does for me. Like, <laughs> the nose bit, he just keeps like, I guess Sting is fidgety or whatever, and he keeps like touching his nose or rubbing his hair, and Al just keeps like <laughs> making him do it. Like, oh, you got something on your face right there? Yeah, anyway. So, oh, wait, no, you didn't actually get it again. And he makes him do it way too many the times. Thing? The thing that I wish you and I were better at figuring out is like, I wish that there was an easy way to track down what the original interview with Sting was like. Every mm. time I watch any of these edited together interviews, like some of the answers, 
I'm just like, I really want to know what the real question was Seriously. that led to that answer. <laughs> like, I, I don't know how we could like trace that backwards. That would take a lot of like <laughs> archival sting interview footage probably to go through to find the right one. Yeah, but just yeah. combing through every interview sting did up until yeah. 1988. Just trying to find it. I also, I loved, uh, uh, this is a throwback to an older thing as well, but anytime he talks to someone who has a stage name, he did the same thing to Prince, where he yeah. was like, I feel weird calling you Sting. Can I call you Bob? Uh, <laughs> he did so the same good. thing to Prince. Can I call you Bob? Uh, <laughs> I, I just, I love that so much. And then for the rest of the interview, anyway, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> I could have used it more. I wish he'd, yeah, again, I agree. I wish everyone, he would just... Everyone just he interviews, he name. calls Bob's to keep it easy. Yep. You know, you meet a lot of new people. That's all these new names. I can't remember it. So yeah. everyone's a Bob. That's like really great. <laughs> I I think my favorite question slash response in this one was he's like, oh, you got to play Live Aid. I, I bet that was like a really magical time. What, what was the vibe like backstage afterwards? And it cuts to Sting saying, we were flicking each other's private parts with towels. <laughs> that was really good. That made me laugh. I also liked, he asked, uh, Al asks Sting about Barry Manilow. And he's like, he says he's the first black man I ever. And, and Sting says, "Oh, Barry Manilow." Yeah, he's like, "Oh, he doesn't say Barry Manilow." Of course, Sting is like, "Oh, yeah, that was the first uh, black performer I ever saw." And Al is like, "Wait, are you sure you're th you are thinking about the same thing?" And Sting just goes, "Oh, was that the wrong answer?" <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, that's great. That's so. It just good. cuts to Al shoving some crazy ceramic animal. And at Sting for a quick shot, and I was like, I don't even know what this one's going off the fucking rails. There, real yeah, fast. it really did. It really did. He <laughs> also throws in something that I love in these, uh, where it's like, well, we're like, it's like Sting. I've taken up too much of your time, or Bob probably, and then it cuts to him to Sting looking at his watch, kind of annoyed. Yes, yeah. <laughs> he loves to throw in the shots where presumably from the first interview, like these people are just not having a good time at all. <laughs> like he has because he has access to all that. B-roll setup all stuff the at the beginning. Footage, exactly. All the yeah, and oh man, I remember this is it sparked a memory from as a child. My dad had a full-size satellite dish and like one of those big ones that turns or whatever. Mm, and yeah. it, yeah. like it in had, Stay Tuned, the classic John yeah. Ritter movie. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, you used to be able to get feeds on there of, like, the news. Uh, but it's, like, the person that they're interviewing getting ready. Like, it's just the camera feed going through. And mm. you watch, like, uh. create, like the fun. Sometimes the most fun is during that part. Oh, yeah. So just so weird Al sitting through that and uh, going through it, just being like, oh, com perfect. I need yeah, him, yeah, like, totally, looking totally, annoyed totally. looking at his watch. Yeah. So one of my favorite New Year's Eve experiences um, – because I would say for the last 10 years, my New Year's Eve has gotten super tame. As friends have gotten married and had kids, it's like, oh, we're just going to hang out and watch the New Year's Rockin' Eve on whatever. Mm -hmm. yeah. But we went to my friend's house that we always went to, and they had just cut their cord. Like They were like, we're done with cable. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll tell you what, if you don't have cable, finding a good New Year's Eve feed <laughs> is real fucking tough. So what we found was just the Times Square camera, which was just a singular camera shot of the same 10 people for the entirety of New Year's Eve. Oh, that's amazing. And we just watched these 10 people have their New Year's just standing in an awkward little 
like squared off box for them because it was the COVID year. Right. And they're just uh, standing there like dancing in their little that's group. Amazing. The that's music. the best case scenario, Matt. That's yeah. so good. I think that's the best way to actually experience it because yeah. that's what you would actually be experiencing be, and exactly, feeling. Yeah, you know? I have never in a million years watched a single New Year's Eve celebration and thought, oh, I wish I could be there right oh, now. Like, yeah. The option is out there in the cold, most people wearing diapers because they can't move, so they have to pee themselves while standing there. Or, I don't know, in a warm house with plumbing. So, like, I think I'm going to go. I mean, where, where I live, I could go to that event. I could be there in 10 minutes. And there's yeah. no world where I will no. ever. It's insane. <laughs> no. You know what? I'll just say it right now. I mean, I don't know how controversial we want to get on the podcast. Ooh, let's but, do it. Uh, I'm going to say it. New Year's Eve, most overrated holiday. Probably it, it's pretty overrated. I, I am inclined to agree with you. Yeah, uh, July Fourth, ten times better. July Fourth is New Year's Eve, but during the day and it's warm and you get to eat barbecue. Yeah. So much better. Fourth of July has really re- like been rising in the ranks of my favorite holiday for literally no other reason than like I tell people to come over around like noon or one o'clock and it is just like a ten hour barbecue with with music, swimming, and food. Like Ugh. it's like. The perfect day off. Yeah. It's time to talk about this freak freak hotline. We were missing one big thing with the freak hotline. All right. So we get this advertisement for like dial a freak or call a freak or whatever. Phone the a freak year, would have been better. Phone a, the year after this, they introduced a mascot for this phone line. Okay. That my friend has oh. got is getting tattooed on his body, and that is what? Freddy Freaker. <sighs> What? what are you talking about? Hold on. I'm also, uh, Matt Kelly's holding his phone up to the screen. I'm Googling it and ruining all Freddy my searches. Freaker. Oh, first of all, go into private. Definitely go into private <laughs> mode when you Google this. Don't do it on a work computer. Uh-oh. Oh, God. 1-900-490-FREAK. <laughs> I mean, here's one that wow. moves. Wow. <laughs> okay, he's a yellow man with giant ears, but I'll tell you what, he has really good abs. He is yeah, no, he's, he gets his he gets his reps in every day. That's Whoa. for damn sure. He has that um, thing where you sit up, you put your feet up in the air and you do the sit up. I can I can see uh, uh someone behind you. I'll cut this for the podcast possibly, but uh you know, maybe that's the next two stupid idiots is you just make her watch all the Freddy Freaker commercials in a row. Oh my God. <laughs> she I, I, might be know, too scared. Matt, I'm sorry. You probably already have this, but I'm just, I'm reading online. Uh, it's the, it existed from 1988 to 1995. As of 2023, the number is no longer in service and no known accessible recordings of the Freddy Freaker phone line exist. Oh, yep. It's lost media? It is completely it's lost to- media. It's completely lost media. Oh no, Freddy Freaker. Wow. Yeah, and I think, well, and Bacon, I feel like you should also understand this because I've heard you talk about this, Hmm. but another huge fan of Freddy Freaker is my friend Chris LaMartina, who has made the Out There Halloween mega tape and the WNUF Halloween special. Yes, And if you watch those, there's definitely like a Freddy Freaker style uh, commercial In the movie, uh, as an homage to these characters. Yeah, and you know what? That just goes to show how much that how good that movie is too. Because I watched that and it had a bunch of references that went over my head, but I still enjoyed it. Yeah. Oh man, the out there Halloween tape. If you have yeah. not watched that or WNUF Halloween yeah. special, they are both just works of art. Um, 
And and we'll just use this real quick to be like, yes, they also do almost the exact same commercial for the creep line as well. It comes up later, the, the creep phone, which is just the same general idea. I also love that they get almost like threaten that it's uh, like pre-recorded messages, but select callers will be connected to the freak himself or the creep himself. Yeah. And yeah, it's that's like, when oh, you God. could have talked to Freddie. You, you could have talked to Freddie Freaker. Somebody out there, um, anyone listening to this, if you've spoken to Freddie Freaker on the phone, please let us know. If you have oh any recording of your conversation with Freddie Freaker, that yeah. would also be great. Um, all right, so we jump back, and here we are with another one of these classic owl advertisements for a solar product. Uh, this time it's the solar blender. The sky-high combination sweatband and solar-powered blender. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which, I mean, we always get the same punchline which is you won't look like a jerk uh but i like i like the other line uh that i felt was at it this time which was plus you're gonna die soon anyway and what are you gonna do with all your money yeah (laughs) yeah which honestly should be how every telemarketing ad like ends yeah exactly it's 49.95 which Again, they say overpriced, but life is short and you'll be dead someday, (laughs) 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 which is a really fair argument, honestly, for trying to sell a a product. Also, at the beginning, the guy is wearing this thing and walking around and it seems like to stop him from walking around to do the commercial. Someone just drops a cinder block on his feet. Did you guys notice that at the beginning? Yes. It's like he can't see where he's going or what he's doing because he has this huge blender on his head. So to stop him for the commercial, they just drop a brick on his feet. That really cracked me out. That was before I even knew what we were doing in the bit. Well, <laughs> I mean, they were just so well. The, having the commercials in the show yeah. really kind of sets the stage for the viewer. So the fact that like earlier we had that better conductor battery thing that was like yeah. batteries that were better for music playing. Oh, my God. Thank sense. you for mentioning that as well, because I wrote that down. That cannot possibly be the, the conductor music cell batteries, yes. which are batteries that improve the quality of your audio there's no way that's real somehow (laughs) somehow everyone's wearing the same shitty on-ear headphones that fall off with a breeze that commercial ran multiple times and i just kept thinking like this like it cannot be a real product but i think it really like i don't it's just the whole thing is so like disorienting (laughs) watching this in full because you just really cannot figure out what's real and what is just a weird sign of the times. How is it a legal commercial? I would also argue that out of a 53 minute YouTube video, at least 10 to 15 minutes is just genuine advertisements from the 80s. Tons and tons and tons. I love it. (laughs) I mean, we skipped we skip by. Can I play uh, a commercial? I don't. I know. I didn't. We're kind of jumping back a little bit. Oh, that's fine. Sure, but. Uh, there's one that played a couple times that I was trying to figure out what they're saying, and this is the uh, Rosé commercial. Oh, God. Uh, oh, yeah, what and, the fuck was and, this? Yeah, so it's right after the Heaven Sent commercial, which is a goddamn fever dream. Oh, so God. I'm going to go ahead and play this, and we'll see. It tickles you so big, I tell you, it's nasty. Ooh. <laughs> I think it's going to tickle you so big, oh. you're just going <laughs> to... My, what people are... Did you hear that? It sounds like I'm going to tickle you. It's going to tickle you so bad. Tickle your, <laughs> tickle your anus. <laughs> this is a Get world before the term ASMR existed, but clearly this is what they're going for. Um, I'm drink all this rosé and then spit your anus. <laughs> God, it's just going to tickle you so good. You're just going to love it so much. Oh my God, it's so a great God. commercial. I love the animation. And it, yeah, it's animated it's and then it's just it's for wine. I mean, it is. It could not be more suggestive um, but I love it it's so great so great I, uh, I thought I oh saw insertion God. in this commercial 
Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so then we get back to LTV. Yes. We get this weird mutant baby puppet for like a millisecond, and then we jump in. It has nothing to do with anything. Uh, yeah. Maybe it was tied to a music video or something. I don't know. Uh, and then we get the newest of all of the Al giveaways. Uh, and this one might be my favorite one, which is the Stay at Al's House giveaway, where you can come to Yankland, but you have to fly on your own expense, and you get to ask Al one question during the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and the girl's question is, when do I get to go home? <laughs> uh, that was great. So, like, this is the stuff that it's like, he is so good at this. And... Bacon, I know you've been a listener's, but it's worth us bringing it up again. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like these sketches and and Paul Shear all but kind of confirm this. But like, Al TV really feels like this set the blueprint for what would become like that '90s and well into 2023, like just irreverent, bizarre sketch comedy, like. In the days of like where SNL was still very much like, here's our premise and here's our set and we're going to go to the punchline you're expecting. <laughs> this was just like, throw all the rules out the fucking window. Yeah. We're just getting wild here, folks. Yeah. But I th- I feel like Al could do it because Al knows the rules, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. like that's the that's the reason why you learn the rules. And that's why probably like he knew how he could have written an SNL sketch back in the day, sure. right? Yeah. But that's why his like crazy stuff works. He knows what rules to break. Now, does all of it still stick no because some of it's just wacky for the sake of wackiness sake and and but it's experimental and it i found it enjoyable to watch i also wrote down for the best thing in that that you win is that al tv t-shirt yes good lord i would love an al tv boy i know right what i wouldn't give to still get that for what was it eleven dollars or thirteen dollars well i got the address it's 8033 sunset boulevard los angeles california which 946 do you know what that address belongs to because we figured it out last episode oh uh it's got to be like capital records maybe no no Uh, matt what do you remember what it was it was it's the comedy store Oh, yeah, the, the comedy, comedy st- store. <laughs> I believe so. I'm, I'm pretty sure yeah, that's what we established. I'm zooming yeah. in and on, a, on Google Maps right now. <laughs> Isn't that bizarre? Oh, actually, it says Sunset Hill Green Cleaners. Oh, unfortunately. Oh, oh you know what? It's. I'm sorry. I'm now remembering. It's not the comedy store. It's right next to the Laugh Factory. That's what yes, I was. The Laugh Factory is right go. there. It's right by that. Yes. But Laugh it's Factory. like I love the idea that Al was having people send letters to the Laugh Factory and he was probably just showing up every couple <laughs> weeks and or, yeah. picking up the mail. <laughs> like, Possible, yeah. Uh, all right, so we get into another one of the reoccurring bits. Uh, Al, Al News, playing on the MTV News, which I think this is the first time we're five Al TVs in that I'm realizing that we still haven't even gotten to the MTV News music that I that I was raised on. Right. So, uh. Which... Which was like the sample from Stone Temple Pilots Lounge Fly <laughs> was like what they used to use. Oh, I don't think I ever realized that's what that was. Whoa. Yeah, it's that opening yeah. sound of like the It was like that and it was also like um the Megadeth one. The like baseline to the Megadeth song. I that one I remembered. I think that yeah. might have been my better reference. The uh, P Cells but who's buying baseline was the yes. intro, yeah. Uh but for this Al News, we're getting the Al Video Music Awards, uh, and a couple 
things that jumped out at me. I'm sure you guys have some as well. Uh, REM for the worst lip sync. <laughs> Jesus, that was. I'm so oh. glad that they kept the clip in so that we could truly see how bad. Appreciate that. Yeah, the the job was there. Um, I wrote Steven Tyler, but that's not. I don't think that's correct for worst breath. Um, no, I think oh, it yeah, was Steven Steve, Tyler. Yeah, Steve. No, Steve. Um, was it Steve Perry? Actually, I thought it was Steve Perry, where he's breathing and it's like the giant mist of breath. Oh yeah, enormous like, like now like the maximum size vape hit. Yeah, <laughs> exhale. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the it's fact that he threw guy. he threw out the line "skinhead O'Connor" when referring to oh, Sinead boy. O'Connor oh. now the shiniest head. I was like, whoa! <laughs> that surprised me too. I <laughs> kind of gasped. <laughs> yeah. But then what we've been keeping track of. George Harrison got my mindset on you shows up in there and Billy Idol both yes. uh, make appearances in the awards. That's and right. this is where we get my least favorite runner, the George Michaels, <laughs> not gay uh, you know, runner that just keeps keeps showing up. And I tracked every time it did. It comes up so many times. And in the very last one, I actually thought for a second, I was like, oh, good. He's talking about other George Michael stuff. He's not going to. Say it. Oh no, and then he said Matt! It don't you forget about the rules of threes? Al knows the rules yeah. of comedy. And <laughs> has to come back three. a third yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, um, it's a shame. I, I mean, it's you know we've we've talked about this before, and it's just again, of course, in the nature of comedy, like this was also like George Michael at this point. This was a hot topic for people about him. Like his, this is a point in time where that was very like talked about. It was gossipy. It was in the news. So him bringing it up here is not like it's not like Al's excessively picking on him singularly but yeah again just talk about something that would never never happen now especially because the second time it shows up i don't know how to feel because i don't disagree with the sentiment of the joke but it's said in such a snarky owl way which is when he says george michael's still not gay and even if he was that's nobody's business Yes. But then he like crumples up the paper and throws it behind him and kind of like completely just yeah. disregards like the only moment of that's like, right. Yeah, I could back that one, Al. But and no. and in that moment, I thought for a second like he was moving in the direction of like again the different levels of acceptance we've had over the years. Like that reminded me for a moment of like Seinfeld, right? Yes. The whole mm-hmm. the uh, there like not that there's anything wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that, yeah. Which was there like. It, at that time in history, that was the most open and accepting thing you could possibly say Same. on yeah. a on a major television show. Um, and I thought for a minute he was moving in that direction. But unfortunately, as much as I would love to give Al that credit, it doesn't really feel like it's that message, no. does it? I, I will say that I did get a chuckle. We'll just knock out all the George Michael related ones here real quick. I did get a chuckle when he was doing the mailbag and there was a letter from George Michael saying, hey, did you tell them? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was going to say, I also want to point out, I think he actually does the George Michael, according to my notes, I think he does it four times, which he is maybe why times. the fourth one, I was like, well, maybe he's moved on. Yeah, <laughs> he, he got his three. three times. Nope, he actually hits it again uh, on the fourth. That's, oh, so Al created the family guy style of comedy. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> which is the, the entirety of exactly the, the fourth George Michael one is arguably also the funniest because it has the setup of like he already has two first names, but he has decided to extend his name to George Michael Stanley John Paul Billy Bob. Yeah, yeah, um, and that was the if you go through on on the writer boards, you're like, hey, maybe I have too many George Michael jokes. <laughs> you're like, well, then let's go with number one, and that's number one. There you go. Yeah. Exactly. The other ones also like they weren't the meanest, but it's just it's so not Weird Al. He, you know, no. he's not the kind of guy to like no attack. 
he's kind of like the jokes on me, but also a little on you. Totally. And that's so I think like that that's weird. the thing that makes the George Michaels jokes weird is like Al is kind of the king of the one being punched down on where yeah. he's always punching up. But this feels like like kind of a mean punch down. And I yeah. almost there's part of me. It's like, man, did George Michaels turn down a parody? And this is like oh. kind of when he tackles Prince a whole bunch in another episode. Wow. Hi, listeners. I'm Carolina. And I'm Tessa. And together we are Femme Regard Podcast. Mm, Femme. We are a show dedicated to educating and entertaining underdeveloped filmmakers and film enthusiasts alike. We love sharing our experiences as filmmakers, what we've learned and what we've gone through. And we love bringing on professional industry guests. We want our listeners to learn from the best and get an honest account of the biz. So come join the Fem Fam and give us a listen every Friday. Streaming on all the major podcast platforms, including YouTube and our website, femregard.com. And of course, the Geekscape Network. At maximum mediocrity, people say things like, I don't dress like this on the regular basis. This isn't my, you know, pooping uniform. This is not <laughs> <laughs> And they also say things like, the, the nurses are usually either angels of mercy or whores. Every episode is a new experience where you get to know people that aren't famous, but should be. Why am I facing Floyd Mayweather in the Woods. My co-host Morgan and I track down the people you didn't know you needed to hear from. It's like hot sex in a mug. We are the Maximum Mediocrity Podcast, and we are on all major podcasting platforms. We'll be waiting for you. We go to another commercial break, and I'm, I'm not going to talk Oof. about every ad here, but I did write in all caps, Jesus Christ, that designated driver advertisement. Yes! Uh, oh my God! The, I wrote, what a downer! Incredib incredibly <laughs> depressing designated driver commercial. We saw a soul leave a man's body and talk yeah. to us. He, he warned us that if only he had stuck to the plan of being a designated driver... All he would have lost was a little bit of fun. But instead, <laughs> like, he stands up and looks down at his own corpse. And then flops into his soul as the body bag gets lifted. Oh, my God. And I watched this in Newark Airport. <laughs> That's a it tough day, man. It was the scared. I've been. It was so scared in that moment. Scariest thing I've ever watched. Yeah, oh it's God. the most terrified he's ever been in an airport since that time he watched La Bamba followed immediately by Final Destination. In the <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <He was> like, <laughs> Also, before that commercial, before the drunk driving commercial, there was a Larry da uh, Larry Larry King on the cover of Cable Guide. It wasn't oh even the TV, TV yeah guide. the TV Guide ad. <laughs> yeah, right. twenty minutes and forty nine seconds. I don't know. It's this is an audio medium, but it's a really <laughs> awesome photo of Larry King sitting on the side of a chair with his legs crossed daintily. It's really great. <laughs> And was that actually a commercial for TV Guide? Is that what it that was? That was an advertisement to get a for TV Guide cable guide. Cable oh, guide. Cable guide. It's not oh, even TV guide. guide. It was Cable Guide. And it's, well, they were. They yeah. knew who they were advertising to. People who already had cable. They're watching MTV. <laughs> a special guide just for cable. That's amazing. Oh um, no! Watching that guy leave his body. I have it up on YouTube. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wrote down every single one of these dates because this is quickly becoming my favorite part of every Al TV which is him breaking down his tour dates. His fake tour uh, dates, yeah. So he was filling in for Van Halen at the Monsters of Rock tour. <laughs> then he was going to play at Paris, France. 
Then he was going to do a seventh birthday party in Toulouse. <laughs> in Tulsa. He did can- I was going to say, just Tulsa, as a Tulsa. quick, I just love the idea of the tour routing where it's Milwaukee to Paris to Tulsa. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just so much <laughs> yeah, gas yeah, like, yeah, No problem. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> then, he, then he canceled his dates at Sun City. Yes. Uh, which there was a joke there that I don't think I quite, it was a music joke that I didn't quite get. Um, then he went to Zimbabwe to do the final night of a dinner theater show of Annie Get Your Gun. Uh, this is here. We get the back to back of like just word salad in the most beautiful of ways. Um, Athens, Georgia at little Richard's to- tofu Burgerama, followed immediately by Cleveland, Ohio for uncle Ernie's all natural dandruff clinic and barbecue <laughs> pit. <laughs> then he goes to the Newark, New Jersey bladder infection wing opening. And then on the 18th, he's going to take a shower. <laughs> then he hits the International House of Veal, where you can pick which baby cow you want to be slaughtered for your meal. Oof. And then 30, uh, 46 sold-out nights at Madison Square Garden. <laughs> 46 nights. Yes. Ugh. It Absolutely was... chaos. I had to Google to find out when Al became a vegetarian, which was still a couple years after this, because, man, that veal line felt real pointed. <laughs> <laughs> it did. It really I did. would love to have all these dates on the back of a fake, like, a Weird Al tour T-shirt. Well, even the he 46 nights to. at Madison Square Garden continues to yes. like. It says it's like May 41st. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's just the numbers all the way down, as if he's playing every day in a row. Um, now I don't have any commercials written down here, but I feel like there were commercials. Let's go uh, to there were. The there was a slice commercial that went okay. real hard, real hard <laughs> slice commercial. Just wanted to say that. <laughs> I have one other thing because I think it was just before the commercial break. He says a line that I loved where he was like, we'll be right back with Al TV, the show that doesn't know the meaning of the word defenestration. <laughs> so I had to look it up because I wasn't even sure that was a real word. And it is. What? And defenestration. Are you ready for this? Is the yeah. act of throwing someone out of a window. <laughs> oh, my God. Defenestration. Who knew? Al Delightful. knew. Yes. Wow. What a smart Al, guy. Al always knew. Uh, uh, we come back with uh, on, the only celebrity cameo, really, for a bumper, Vanity, uh, who says, there's nothing I like more than dressing up like a duck, rubbing mayonnaise all over myself while I watch Al TV. Uh, and I just, I love that it's Vanity and that it feels like it's still somewhat part of the Prince It's feud. another part of the Prince <laughs> thing. I cannot believe, like. Really? Because Al, I, I don't know if you know, like Al and Prince, like Al wanted to parody Prince a million times and Prince always said no. So Al prods Prince constantly and these like he did one of those fake interviews and it's just really like a little bit more pointed towards Prince than anybody else, it seems. So getting Vanity to come on and uh, and hype Al TV also feels like it cannot be a coincidence. Which, which this feels like a great time to also mention uh, I forget who it was. I want to just, I, I would guess a person. I think I'd be pretty correct, but I don't want to do that and be wrong. Mm. Uh, but one of our great listeners uh, in our Facebook group while we're talking about the Prince feud did dig up a archival audio clip of Prince telling his bandmates about how funny the fat music video is <laughs> during a sound this. check. Oh my God, Matt, I'll have to dig it up. It is, because he's just like explaining, it's literally just, like two minutes of Prince like a giddy teenage boy <laughs> walking them beat through beat through all of the jokes in the Michael in the Weird Al That's fat music amazing. video and just like laughing his ass off as he's trying to explain it to them. 
That so, that be- makes me so happy. I don't want to derail it, <laughs> like because that is what I thought and hoped. Which is that yes. everything I had heard about Prince is that he had a great sense of humor and really did enjoy that stuff. And I think he just also valued took himself very seriously. I think he took himself seriously, but I think he also, as an artist, valued greatly from everything I've heard about him having control over what he was doing. So I think giving Al a song to like let him do something with, I think was just not of interest yeah, to him. You know, I think much. he was like, I want it to be my thing. He could admire yeah. Al. And he could, you know, do his own thing and, you know, make his own sort of funny whatever it is. But the idea of like sharing that in a collaborative way with someone who he didn't work with directly, I think maybe that was the biggest obstacle yeah. for him. Um, mm-hmm. But after the Vanity interview, we get another Al TV uh, awards thing. And I'm not going to I didn't write down anything specifically, but he does the Al TV Rock Video Olympics, which is just his excuse to shit on all of the music video tropes of that particular era just one after another <laughs> just point out how many videos have been doing the exact same thing in all of them and it's it's great and we get a tiffany shout out another there. tiffany shout out yes i liked the, he, a couple of the categories i didn't write them all down but he was like obviously we have the classic categories of crotch grabbing feather blowing and guitar licking <laughs> <laughs> that guitar lick was really the gross. guitar lick was was i mean it was yeah pretty it does graphic. it's it's a wonderful these again it's funny because i was saying i think these were kind of made to be thrown away in their own way as television was at that time but what mm-hmm. an incredible time capsule of music on mtv in 1988 that this is like the stuff that you see all of these hair metal bands uh man it is wild <laughs> to think yeah. and also things are pretty like just looking back at them i don't watch a lot i watch more old commercials than i would yeah. say old music videos yeah, yeah, yeah. uh and seeing the music videos it's like wow there's actually some really artistic ideas in here totally and they're doing That's... some cool things with camera work and the shots are well done and the lighting's really cool I think that that's the thing with old music videos, especially like the the peak of MTV all the way up until probably I would say like the early 2000s is you had like those two categories. You had the bands who just wanted to get a video of them looking hot in some type of arena or empty warehouse or whatever. And like those videos are exactly what you expect them to be. But then, I mean, like some of our greatest filmmakers cut their teeth making like really well done music videos like David Fincher, Spike Jones, Michelle Gondry, like all these dudes made some of the most iconic videos of the yeah, 90s. Absolutely. And like they really treated it like the art form that it could be. Yes. Like that of all of the art forms that have like died out, like the music video is probably the one that makes me the saddest because it is like I- I've talked about this with my friends at Horror Movie Night, but like if you're a short film director right now, like you only have so many places where people are going to find their, your short film, right? Like they've really got to seek it out uh, or be at a film festival to see it where like the music video was like a great way for, if you were trying to be a serious filmmaker, you could make a short film that was played 10 to 20 times on cable television. Yeah. It's in true. front of people. Like so true. Uh, and it already has a built-in audience. Like yeah. that's another thing. Like it's like, hey, this band is already famous, so like you're gonna get eyes on this. So then it gives yeah. them the motivation, and they get the money. It's it's awesome. I was gonna say it's yeah, crazy. and there was it was such a great promotional vehicle that everyone was happy to spend money and be creative mm-hmm. about it and focus on it as if it was well, completely uh, like a separate but equally important thing to the record itself. 
Well, yeah. the other yeah. thing is also like uh, from from the one hit thunder stance of things like you would be shocked at how many songs you feel like that song had to be huge. I saw the video all the time on MTV. Mm-hmm. And then you look at like, where did it land on like the overall billboard charts? And it's like, not like, I, you know, my, my favorite weird fun fact, the only song that Weezer has ever put out that crossed over off of the rock radio onto top 40 was Beverly Hills. Like what? all those, all those massive videos that you remember from the nineties, they were strictly only a hit on alternative radio. They never had like wow. a crossover hit. I literally just had to tell someone that Beverly Hills was Weezer's biggest hit by like yeah. miles and they, yeah. they wow. would not believe it. And I was like, no, that is the biggest song they ever released by far. Wow. And, and that's it's probably the... their worst single. Easily. <laughs> like, Easily. It is, yeah. It's it's probably nobody's favorite. No. No. Um, I don't so big, hate it. Well, sorry. No, I don't, I, I don't hate it, but it's I, actually I've grown to hate it less. I, yeah. I, I have a memory, and I was, I, I'm a well-documented Big Weezer fan, but I remember when that song came out. I remember hearing oh. it for the first time and being like, Okay. Well, that song, that song is so bad that I feel like it's made people retroactively think all of Make Believe is bad when that album's actually filled Mm-mm. with some really great songs. Yeah, it's true. Like, mm-hmm. Perfect Situation might be the best song Weezer's ever recorded. It's a great song. <laughs> like, it's a great song. There's like, a lot of great songs on that record, yeah. But, uh, all right, so, Bacon, I'm going to read what my next note is and let me know if I miss some good commercials here, uh, which is that Al, once again, eating garbage for our enjoyment has a pepperoni pizza with olives that he sprays whipped cream on and then eats like a giant taco. That was his best object work. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I would say. Yeah. That one is really gross. But you did miss a really great commercial. There you go. Okay. Uh, Bring it and, on. Uh, first of all, I just I want to say that I've made a lot of mistakes in life. And uh, <laughs> apparently watching this made me realize I made another one because I never went to American Business College, also known as ABC, (laughs) where I could have made, as a direct quote from them, from ABC, I could have made $1 million over my lifetime. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, I love when that stuff ages beautifully. Oh, Oh, man. There's so, also a Spuds McKenzie commercial. Well, in I there. think it's later because I got Spuds oh. written down way later. Oh, maybe. In my notes, but. Yeah. Okay. Well, then. Yeah. That was. That's. Those are probably the other ones. In the, yeah. I got I excited seen. to see Spuds. Yeah. I, I used to have okay. a Spuds McKenzie shirt. I would have been four walking yeah. around with my Spuds McKenzie shirt, which is why Spuds McKenzie <laughs> ceased to exist pretty quickly right there with his buddy Joe Camel. Um, <laughs> but uh, we get the Harvey the Wonder Hamster segment. Yes. I would say. Matt, this is probably the tamest of the things that have happened to Harvey up until this point. He just got spun around in a wheel a whole bunch. Like he still gets thrown over the shoulder, but the the regular torture one, part's pretty In this tame. one, he gets spun around in a wheel. I mean, later on, he returns, and Al assures us he's fine, and then eats him. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> but he did get a really nice little Hawaiian shirt at one point. That's which true. Is he just gets presented with a shirt, which oh. I did really like a lot. Um, I yeah. audibly awed. At the, yeah. at the in the airport, I went aw. Uh, this is also around the point where I noticed all of the posters that Al has on the wall behind him, and it's like he's got a Rocky Horror Picture one up there. He's got a Mad Magazine. He's got a bunch of Marx Brothers movies. I saw Animal Crackers specifically back there. Yeah, but I'm like, man, this is this is not part of MTV Studio. This has to be a some ple- place that Al 
owns. You know, because you that might be feels right. like Al. That's a great. <laughs> that's a great question. I would love to know because it looks very similar each time, and these are years and years apart from each other that he yeah. shoots these. So, I'd love to know where he actually made these. I mean, it's not impossible that they did some set decoration for him and set up a space, but it does seem... But if he if he had... Here's what I would like to imagine, and yeah. maybe one day we'll get to ask the man himself. Yeah. I'd like to imagine that as Al became more successful with Eat It, he did the thing that like a lot of smart musicians with longevity did, especially in like the 80s and 90s, and like built himself a nice little studio space for like mm. demo recording sure. or whatever, and this is being shot in like that area because we've talked about this before what i love the most about these al tvs is that it reminds me of what i loved about the john henson era of talk soup where it's like there is no audience yeah watching this yeah. this is just a man with a skeleton crew and at best he's trying to make the guys on the skeleton crew crack while they're while they're filming yeah like you're absolutely right it. and it, it very well might be that the thing i keep reminding myself because i thought the same thing but then i thought at this time period it's not that easy to shoot even in this very bare bones diy format diy television <laughs> really yeah. does not exist i mean to make this as scrappy as it looks is still a tremendous amount of work and gear and like this is there's no cheap way to do this really um, so I, I'm very curious. I'd love to know. Like either way, yeah. the the vibe is perfect, and the it seems perfect. very him, and it feels very like it's him. Like you're in his space, which is amazing. Like it, I buy it. Um, I would just be fascinated to know if that's real or if it's manufactured to seem that way. You know? Yeah, we'll see. And he presents well, it like an example of when he has the little the little gong, and then he kicks the little gong. You mm -hmm. know, <laughs> like his little bumpers in between stuff. Yeah. It, it it also has that perfect feeling of like it's mocking the MTV thing, but it's also like the cheapest way done. Exactly. And it, it it feels so great. Exactly. If anything, I liked more of those when he was like attacking his brand or attacking the yeah. LTV thing. Hundred percent. That made me really 100%. happy. It it yeah. works every time. Yeah. Uh, then we dive into the Al mailbag, um, and maybe I'm not as deep of a Peter Gabriel fan as as you, Matt. So maybe you can explain this first one. He gets an, a package from Peter Gabriel, and it's a Snow White pillow for his big fat head. Yes, um, I don't. I, I you know, is that like a lyrical it, reference? It is, that and, I'm forgetting? and I I had to look it up because I assumed that's what it was. It's a line from the song Big Time. Okay, which I guess Making was a sure. hit around that time. Uh, I, I yeah. would not have known it from that uh, from that title, but I think that's what it looks like. Yeah, <laughs> it's the big time. That's that's the one that's almost like the Sledgehammer video, but not as memorable. It, it's, Got it. I was, it was like, like, which <laughs> one's the big one? Sledgehammer, not big time. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, right. Peter Gabriel big, was like, I made this legendary video. All I got to do is that again. <laughs> uh, didn't work. It did not work. It didn't work as nearly no. as strongly. Then he gets an envelope of straw. Uh, yeah, strawberry jello. Uh, he gets a severed human ear in a Ziploc bag from a previous contest that already ended. Um, and then he gets the answer to the question, what do Jack Nicholson, uh, Oprah Winfrey, and Madonna have in common? And the answer is, they're all famous celebrities. Uh, so the kid for getting the question right wins an envelope filled with strawberry, with strawberry jello. jello yes. My favorite callback in the That's entire great. That's a great little episode. bit. I also love that it's a classic, like Al's trivia. That's something he's done versions of that in the past where he'll give a question like that and be like, oh, yeah, that's great. Interesting. You're right. I think my favorite line of any of them so far, though, is I'll, 
the winner for the question, what are NXS videos about? The winner goes to so-and-so who wrote four and a half minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's such a good dumb wordplay. Uh, my next note just says Spuds McKenzie in all caps. So that's where our, okay. our Spuds commercial is. And then we get to, we're, we're kind of nearing the end here. We get one more Al News. Um, he talks about the Beatles revolution appearing in a commercial. This must have been right around when Michael Jackson bought that's right. the rights to those songs. Mm. Uh, I, I didn't catch all of the things that were scrolling past the screen, but the two that I did, that I did clock were, it's been a Hardy's night. <laughs> And the magical mystery cores. That's right. <laughs> well, if you don't mind, I did write them all down. Those nice. those were the last two. So the Beatles uh, song license commercials moving forward. Uh, I want a Hormel ham. <laughs> uh. um, Lady Schick Razor, which I guess is Lady Madonna. That's a really weird one. Yeah, um, that's a, here, there, one. here, there in Frigidaire. Um, <laughs> Pepperidge Farms Forever. Ticket, nice. ticket to Tide. <laughs> Um, Big Mac in the USSR, Parquet in the Life, Can't Buy Me Dove, (laughs) Here Comes the Sun Kissed, Dr. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, (laughs) and then the last one, Everybody's Got Something to Hide Except Me and My Chunky. (laughs) 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 Which I especially love is that's a great, I mean, that's just a funny title anyway, but I would have never expected Chunky. I love Al's wordplay, man. He's he's the king of that shit. I also like after that they make the joke that John is going to open a chain of chicken restaurants and call it El Pollo Yoko. Yes, <laughs> I wrote that down. <laughs> it's like that was great. Classic. It's also Again, I don't know would everyone get that because like El Pollo Loco is like a very California. California. It's very California. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. that to and me. If you're I, ever you're there, right. it's I don't delicious. know. It might be a little too regional, but I thought to myself that's a classic. Like if Al was like a talk show, a late night host doing his monologues. Like that's just a classic like monologue bit joke for him to throw in there. It's 100%. Great. The only other one that I wrote down is he has a joke about the dirty dancing soundtrack getting more dirty dancing. <laughs> um, and, and like the joke is like, whatever it's a pretty like standard joke, but it made me think of movies that got multiple volumes of soundtrack. Sure. Uh, and the only ones that I could think of, I'm sure you, I was curious if y'all could think of any other ones, but I thought 54 definitely did, Days of Confused certainly did, and The Wedding Singer. I remember getting a second soundtrack. Hmm, uh, is there any right. other movies that you can remember that that there's just so much music in it, it couldn't be contained within a single release? God, well, you know, I think the Jurassic Park dur- uh, OST is two discs. Wow. <laughs> I know Forrest Gump is a two-disc soundtrack. Like they, Forrest Gump, yeah, yeah. But you're asking which one got a release and then got another one. Yeah, got like mm. another release. Like there is Dazed and Confused, and then there is literally just more Dazed and Confused. Yeah. And it was like Wedding Singer and Wedding Singer Volume 2 came out like a few months later. I did uh, know Which, that. weirdly, side note on that one, the I Want to Grow Old With You song came out on the volume two. So they must have really had high expectations that that first volume was going to sell like gangbusters. Wow. (laughs) That should have been the the last track on the first album. Yeah. Nope. The last track on the first one is the old lady rapping rapper's delight. Oh, Oh, God damn it. (laughs) Of course. Of course. God damn it. 
Yeah, uh, I can't think of any. I feel like I should have one of these ready, and I yeah. I can't think of one right now. I, I will mean, say to that be fair, of, I of researched his... a little bit more than okay, y'all, you and go. I go thought ahead. about the conversation. But no, no, I'm just saying I thought about it beforehand. Oh, I'm springing yeah. it on you in the moment. Yeah, of the Dirty um, Dancing thing, I did get a kick out of the joke about like the soundtrack. One of them being called the Bride of Dirty Dancing, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, or the Return to Dirty. Like he just kept doing these like classic sequel type titles in there, and a couple of them did make me laugh. I think Bride of Dirty uh, Dancing was. It certainly got me a little bit. And then we end with another interview with George Harrison. Uh, the the joke of possibly all of the Al TVs put together is when he refers to George Harrison as the originator of the parody for his He's So Fine parody, which is just like top tier music nerd joke. And I'm looking at Bacon and wondering if Bacon even knows what that's a reference to. No. George Harrison is, I believe, the first artist who was ever sued for copyright infringement for the song My Sweet Lord completely steals the entire melody line of the song He's So Fine. <laughs> so, so that was Al oh. basically putting a real dig on him as that like lawsuit wow. was happening. Uh, being like, oh, you're the originator of the parody with that He's So Fine parody you did a while back. It was actually kind of sad because George did it and he admitted, he was like, I made a mistake. He's like, I didn't realize <laughs> what I was doing. And he apologized and paid them the money. Like it it didn't, maybe it went to trial. I'm not even sure if it actually completely went through the, it, the courts. The label tried to block it. The label tried to block because it. Because I remember reading that the artists got so frustrated yeah. that they would start, when they would do live shows, they would just sing My Sweet Lord over the music for he's so fine Oof. to prove their point yeah. in like concert. Um, and then that's when it finally was like, all right, whatever. But the runner in this is that George Harrison keeps trying to drink cups of rat poison <laughs> that Al has to keep <laughs> ripping out of his hands. The entire, like all of that. Every time Al says like, it's like, and then this critic said, your new record is terrible. And George keeps grabbing the cup. Like, no, George, stop. We're <laughs> <laughs> still so young. <laughs> Um, and they had the actual another actor with yeah. like the same suit on. I and there's just something about that too, the hand coming off screen. Yes. Always kind of adds it adds the more believability, but it's so funny and Al does it so many times in this whole thing like when there's a hand off screen changing the cards and it's like so, Yes, exactly. It's just yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it was great. It's top tier. There are so many great little things in the George. I, the very first line where Al is like, "Oh, I'm so glad to have you here. You look so good. I could just pinch your cheeks." <laughs> and George could not be more deadpan. He just goes, could you? <laughs> like, he goes, so you were in the Beatles, right? And he goes, well, you got to start. You got to start somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then oddly, George keeps referencing like um, at one point, George just says like, well, I can drink large quantities of wine because I'm not an alcoholic. Uh, <laughs> and Al is like, OK, well, anyway, let's move on. Uh, how do you feel about your new album? Who do you think, you know, like who, who'd you make it for? He's like, well, you know, you don't have to be an alcoholic to enjoy it. <laughs> and I was like, we got to move on. We got to stop talking about this. <laughs> I don't know what that could have possibly been referencing. Oh my god! That's what I mean. I these are the moments where I'm like, I need to try to figure out how we can find what the original interview conversation was. Um, and then I think this is the second Al <laughs> TV in a row that ends with Christmas at Ground Zero, and I yeah. really hope that that just becomes his like send off music video every every year, despite it being April twentieth, nineteen eighty eight, when this uh, is airing. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. I'm sorry. What, what did you say the date was? It's 420. Oh, it's 420. It was 420 Blaze It. There you go. Damn. Well, then, yeah, of course, you got to end with Christmas at Ground Zero. 
Yeah. What is going on? That is so weird. Well, it's got oh, just that. Why would they play Christmas at Ground oh. Zero in April? That's bizarre. He might, so here's my guess. Because it's the first video he ever directed, so he wants to just keep. Oh, you know what? That makes sense. Know. That does Playing make some his, sense. His his video. There's one uh, other. I have one other uh, commercial note for the very very mm. end here. The final ad break. There's a back and forth. There's two ads in a row, where one of them is a hilariously cheap and crappy looking commercial for HBO. Mm-hmm. Yep. Literally a guy sitting in. It reminded me of like, uh, wow, this is my second Seinfeld reference oh, yeah. in, in in one episode. But it was reminding me of like the ridiculous like Kramer when he gets the Merv Griffin like set. It looks like the most <laughs> yes. cheesy schmaltzy thing ever. He's like, HBO is coming up in the world and you get to try your hand at cable, like experience what everyone else is. And it was just like, it was so cheesy and, and lame. And then immediately after that, again, a, the most deadly serious like public service announcement about AIDS. Yes. Oh, <laughs> I... I forgot about we're that. We're not turning our back on it. AIDS. I know. Yeah, there, a woman facing away. Like we're turning our like the juxtaposition of those two back to back, and then Al holding hard. Like, well, this has been fun. It's like, oh my yeah. god, who picked these commercials? Well, can I say if we're talking about creepy commercials? Yes, I, I, w- I would like to play one. Yes, uh, and last commercial thing, and it's it's just so overly dramatic, and I wasn't. I had no idea what it was for. I thought it was for cancer or something, and then I. F- <laughs> And I don't know how this is going to do on audio, but let's take a listen. (laughs) Yeah. It starts with a twinge. Then there's another. And soon the contractions begin. This isn't labor pain. It's the start of your monthly cramps. But the biochemical process is similar. (laughs) Understanding the true origin of menstrual cramps led to the development of Midol 200. It helps block the source of these cramps and relieves the pain. Midol 200, the advanced cramp formula for women. From the company that understands women. <laughs> that was well, aggressive. I think that's the perfect send-off for Bacon to tell us about where people can go <laughs> to uh, check out your podcast. I completely your forgot. Videos. Thank you for sharing that. That was. I mean, yeah. uh, honestly, guys, it's like I will never say this again. But it's like watch this video and f- fast forward through some of Al's stuff and just see these commercials because holy cow, there's wow. amazing stuff in here. Commercials went hard they back really in the day, did. like oh, man. very hard and serious, and it, yes. it, like that one really uh, shook me to the core. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I uh, I co-host a uh, movie podcast called Adam Sandler Please Stop, where we watched every Adam Sandler movie and uh, ask him to please stop. But we <laughs> yeah. he makes some good stuff. Yeah, he makes will, some good I stuff will. that we really like. We're Adam Sandler fans, uh, and we also watch all the um, Happy Madison production. That's his production company. Yeah, and actually, there was a trailer release today for the Outlaws coming out like July seventh. So we're going to be doing a new episode on that. Very cool. And I and I got to give you a shout out, Pekin. I'm not sure if you picked up on this or not, but weird algorithm. Definitely is inspired in part by the format you built with the uh, oh. Adam Sandler. Please stop <laughs> uh, with us ranking, having our own personal ranking list of Al songs and everything was very inspired by your show. Oh, they, I was definitely not the first person to do that. So I'm <laughs> no, but you were the one that I that. that I enjoyed the most. So. Uh, thank you, thank you. I also have a podcast called Ninety One Donkey Lane. It's a completely improvised fantasy podcast about two idiots who live in a magical apartment complex and they didn't know it. Uh, one last plug. Yeah, I do a. My wife and I. Uh, I have a YouTube channel. It's Chicago Bacon on YouTube, or you can go to chicagobacon.com. That has all my stuff. 
uh, and it's a uh, YouTube. We watch movies together, my wife and I, and we record our reactions and I cut it all together and I uh, spice up some stuff. And uh, we just watched The Mother on Netflix. Uh, had so much fun watching that with my wife. Uh, we talk about nonsense uh, and it's super fun. I, I want to give another as a because I'm a big fan of, of bacon. Uh, I want to give a shout out because he is the only person that could make me care about NFL uniforms uh, and has on multiple occasions done deep dive videos of ranking the NFL uniforms from worst to best. Uh, and I, I think I, the one was like an hour long when you watched all three parts together. And yeah. boy, did I, I'm talking, you're talking about a man who only watches the Super Bowl for the commercials and the, the halftime show. But I watched an hour conversation of the ranking of the uniforms. <laughs> so, Thank so, you. That's a pitch. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Check out, check out his uniform videos, which, uh, I, I feel like you and I both talked about the amount of. The amount of work that gets put into them versus the amount of views that they yes. overall yes. get is is not uh, a, a good one-to-one no, one ratio. It's not. But, but, hey, I don't care. Give it a watch, if, and I guarantee, I, I bet you'll like it, even if you don't care about uniforms. I'm a huge uniform nerd. Uh, I just know a lot about them, so I wanted to make a video about I them. I gotta tell you, uh, you've I, captured my imagination completely. I am Because right. I cannot imagine watching that. But Matt Kelly said, like... I'm sold. I'm going. Uh, I gave it. I, you'll see. I set up the <laughs> rules and like why I believe in blah, blah, blah. But actually, Matt Kelly, you're really going to love what I'm working on next with the uniforms uh, because it combines a voice from 91 Donkey Lane. I am going to I, I have templates that I've done where I purposely like ruin teams uniforms to make them really stupid and dumb but i'm presenting it like i fixed everybody's uniform and i'm doing it in the dale voice the entire time where it's like oh i hate you these uniforms they're stupid (laughs) look at that bam that's so much better like it's gonna be like that Perfect. Uh, well, thank you, Bacon. You will be back uh, oh, for yeah. sure, whether you want to or not. Uh, <laughs> and we will keep on talking about our content every Friday. So stay tuned. Mm-hmm. Hi, listeners. I'm Carolina. And I'm Tessa. And together we are Fem Regard Podcast. Mm, Fem. We are a show dedicated to educating and entertaining underdeveloped filmmakers and film enthusiasts alike. We love sharing our experiences as filmmakers, what we've learned and what we've gone through. And we love bringing on professional industry guests. We want our listeners to learn from the best and get an honest account of the biz. So come join the FemFam and give us a listen every Friday. Streaming on all the major podcast platforms, including YouTube and our website, femregard.com. And of course, the Geekscape Network. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 